This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. And welcome to the Stardom Cast, your monthly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring Stardom, right here on the Podmania Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Rob Goodnight, joined as ever by Chris O'Brien, a very hot Chris O'Brien. How are you, buddy? It's so hot today. Don't <laughs> mock me. It's so hot. Okay, just, just quickly, just for a little bit of uh, context. So we have people that listen to this podcast in Florida, okay? Florida, where it regularly reaches 35, 36 degrees, okay? I Chris, melt. Chris, how hot has it been in your hometown today? Highs of 18. <laughs> and... <laughs> and it was the first thing you moaned about when we came on to record. It was the first thing you were like, it is so hot. I have been so hot today. It's not. So hot. You don't understand. I bet you when it gets fucking cold, you're like, oh, it's cold and it's fucking eight degrees. Could be English of fucking pussies. <laughs> oh, amazing. Uh, Chris, I'll be honest, mate. I join you today in a complete existential crisis. Um, We're all going to die. Just get over it. Yeah, uh, well, um, so obviously I'm a primary school teacher. And being a primary school teacher means you've got to dress up and make a twat to yourself. Um, now, the reason... <laughs> I do that anyway. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Um, we do, like, history, geography, and we have a sort of focus every half term. And our focus this time, Chris, is uh, the Mayans. Now, I will forgive you if you know fuck all about the Mayans, because nobody knows fucking anything uh, about the Mayans. Have everyone who predicted the end of a world in 2012? Yes, yes, that's yes. exactly who they are. Name me another thing about the Mayans, Chris. Um, um, <laughs> uh, they have a calendar. That's all anyone knows. I I spelt Mayans wrong, and now I'm getting homes in <laughs> Spain because <laughs> there's things I put in Maynos. <laughs> Maynos. So anyway, um, that is our topic this half term. And so that is what I've got to go into school tomorrow dressed as. Now, obviously, at the moment, Amazon is sort of like a mixed bag. Some things are back in stock. Some things aren't. Um, When you type in Mayan costumes, uh, Amazon goes full racist and just brings up Native American costumes, which are not the fucking same. And you know what definitely isn't the same? The Egyptian costumes they tried to sell to me. (laughs) What the fuck is that? You should just go in, dress as a calendar. <laughs> just a big circle of cardboard. <laughs> you bet. I have I have my Halloween costume this year all sorted because it's very low effort. Orange Cassidy levels of effort put in here. So it is a Captain America T-shirt in the shape in like the styling of his costume. My blue hoodie. 
um, and a Captain America snapback that looks like his helmet. And I'm going to walk around with a guitar and say I'm Captain America if he was in a mid-2000s um, pop-punk band. <laughs> That's the poorest Halloween costume I've ever but, heard. Uh, but I will, write, <laughs> I will rewrite pop-punk songs to be about the Avengers. I look forward to hearing about these <laughs> on later episodes of the Stardom Cast. I can't wait to hear them when we review the Yokohama Budokan show. It's going to be incredible. Gil, Gil the Avengers want. <laughs> All the Avenger things. Um. Anyway. Avenger case. <laughs> Wake me up when Avengers end. American Avenger. Um. <laughs> we need to start this. They're just getting worse. (laughs) Um, So, um, originally, ladies and gentlemen, what we were going to do was we were going to do all three nights of Fukuoka in one and then do uh, the final. But what we've decided to do instead is to review the day-night shows from the 12th of September and then review the 13th of September in Fukuoka and the finals on the 19th, clump that together in one show as well. Obviously, the final takes place on the Sunday as we record. So the no, it's not the Sunday, is it? It's the Saturday, the nineteenth. So again, with Stardom being Stardom, um, it's a case of we will review it when the full show is up, whilst trying massively to avoid spoilers. Which, when you follow the official English Stardom Twitter page, is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I don't follow any stardom on Twitter, but also people on Facebook are very, very inconsiderate and also very stupid. I had someone on there today tried to tell me that Shizaki versus um, Vegeta's match of the year and they can fuck up. I, uh, yeah, I did see that. I did see someone. I think that might have been fishing for trolls like you. But thing is, it's not because it's, um, <laughs> it's someone I know to be very sincere. <laughs> In which case, I worry for that person's sanity. Like, they just stared at each other for half an hour. <laughs> you were so upset. I No, I fucking was. Because <laughs> the worst part was, I was updating you guys every five minutes, and then at fucking 35 minutes, right as they lock up, you're like, yeah, God. yeah, they just stare at each other for half an hour. It's like, you knew this, and you didn't warn me. You needed to learn. What do you mean I needed to learn? That was so high pitched. <laughs> that came through <laughs> on the recording just as this one high pitched squeal. I could have done so much for about half an hour. You could have done. You could have done. And I can only I apologize. I, I I was going for the end of you. I thought the end of uni at that point. I could have used that time for studying. <laughs> no, you couldn't. No, I couldn't. I was very, but bu- I was very burned out. It's, it's, it's a miracle I have a degree. <laughs> um, right. Let's let's sort of talk about these stardom shows. But first, I just wanted to quickly update you on a couple of bits of news from the world of stardom. So first, um, there have been two matches announced for the five-star special in Osaka on the 22nd of September. Um, That is a special singles match between Jungle Kiona and Himika. And the Artist of Stardom titles are on the line with Mayu Iwatani, Starlight Kid, 
and Tam Nakano going for the belt against the title holders, Julia, Suri, and Micah. Of those two matches, Chris, does anything tickle your pickle? Um, I'm ha- happy to see the six-man back after a bunch of... Because sing- it's weird. I was thinking about this earlier, because how sort of places like All Japan and New Japan are nowhere sort of offset their big um, tournaments is they'll have like... Well, yeah, it's all heavyweights this month, but you know, next month, you're going to get a lot of juniors, like we're after G1 and Super Junior Tag, so you don't get burned out on a certain style. Whereas in Stardom, you basically just get the same roster you always get. Mm. So I'm just really looking forward to tag matches being back because I just skip them right now because there's so much to get through. Yeah, definitely. And I know that one, at least one of the non-tournament matches that unfortunately we just haven't had time to watch um, in these reviews, I know at least one of them was really, really good. Um, I saw quite a good review of that. It was the three-way Julia, Tam, and Hannon, apparently, was pretty decent. Um, But again, I I haven't had time to watch the non-tournament matches as well. Um, So we're going to be missing them out as well. Um, Before we talk then about the two shows, Chris, another match has been added to the Yokohama Cinderella show. Um... The three announced matches we did go through last week. They're the three title matches. A further title match has been announced. Uh, Goddesses of Stardom tag titles. uh, Champions Utami and Saya Kamatani taking on the challengers Himika and Micah. Chris, how do you feel about that? Um, That's fine. That's okay. I have no... I have no objections. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's just fine. (laughs) Well, I must admit... Through the through the five star, um, Saya Kamatani has come on just incredibly, which you know we discussed I, last week. I think everyone has, with the exception of a certain leader of the Wedatai. Well, yeah, and then Himika, you know, we hadn't seen a lot of singles action from Himika, she's certainly impressed and micah just keeps seeming to pull these random surprises out of the bag and pull out these random bangers which we'll be getting on to in a minute so this match should be great yeah um assuming it's not a limb match we should be fine (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know you have issues so uh let's get going so the Stardom Five Star Grand Prix show from the 12th of September. These are both from the 12th of September in Fukuoka. The day show uh, opened up with a non-tournament match. Momo Watanabe defeating Hanan in 6 minutes and 37 seconds with the cross-face chicken wing. First tournament match was Red Star's action and saw Himika defeat Death Yamasan at 4 minutes and 31 seconds with, uh, with the Argentine back breaker seen a lot of death on this show double duty death on this show chris yes it's for two inevitabilities of life taxes and death (laughs) what did you think of this match um it was it was actually probably definitely amazon's best match which isn't like a glowing indictment she just had a different match from what she normally has (laughs) like um there were some cute moments like when himaku kept missing the elbows and then death just goes through the leg and goes death (laughs) It was like fucking um, a whack-a-mole. Yes, it was. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Like, and runs. That was good, but past that, it's just a Death Yamasa match. Basically made by the fact that Himika was visually getting more annoyed with her the longer it went on. It was nice to see a different side of Himika, to be honest. 
Yeah, but also, like, it made sense that Himika wouldn't want to, like, overextend herself to beat Death. No, absolutely. And I think that's that's the thing, isn't it? You know, Death is a an obstacle that most people can overcome, but she is that, she can be that banana skin um, for some people. You say it's her best match of the tournament. I disagree. I don't think it's even her best match of the night, but we'll get onto that in a minute. Oh, oh I'm, I meant fuss far. Okay, okay, okay. Take Not taking into account the match later on the night, which was an absolute oh, match fucking later on. I, I have things to say about that <laughs> <match>. <laughs> um, But yeah, as far as this goes, nothing special, really. The, like you say, a couple of cute moments. It was nice to see him. We could not just wrestle that I'm a big person and scary person you know she had that little bit of comic edge here with how frustrated just being confused as to what a death was and um yeah overall it was quite funny to hear death squealing during the backbreaker as well um as she was being tortured with it just death and then she tapped and yeah just made me giggle i gave it four stars i just once just once want to see someone throw a pokeball at death yamathan <laughs> Is that what you think? She's a Pokemon. Well, she says the same words over and over again. She has no more than four moves. My question to you then is, <laughs> is she a first stage Pokemon? What will she evolve into? Or is she like a uh, po- polygon that just doesn't evolve into anything? Um, or a Mr. I've... Mime? She sort of looks like a Mr. Mime. Um, yeah, but Mr. Mime has like an early... Is this actually a second stage? Oh, is this one of those fucking... No, if it's not one of the original 150, it can fuck off. No, There's right, a Pokemon like, that's a set wrong. of fucking keys, Chris. Right, yeah, Clefkey isn't the best, but there's some, great, there's some really good Pokemon. You've just covered yourself in glory there by naming the Pokemon that's a set of keys. Right, I love Pokemon. Um, What's the trash bag one called? Um, Trubbish. Trubbish. Um, Who the fuck uh, sat there in... <laughs> The Pokemon headquarters and thought, we need a new Pokemon. Well, well we've <laughs> already created an ice cream one. We've already created some no, car like, keys. Fucking embarrassment. Clefky. Actually, Clefky came after Trubbish. Oh, well, okay. Oh, sorry. Okay. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we need one that's a bin bag. Oh, to well. Be completely, to be completely fair, um, it's because it was based in America. What the fuck has that got to do with anything? It's embarrassing in any country. <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter what country I mean, it's from. You shouldn't judge Vanilla, though. Vanilla's fucking adorable. Also, there's Rowlet. He's like an owl with a bow tie. He- he's amazing, and I love him. Also, there's Sobble. He's like really sad, and I relate to that. What did you give this match, Chris? Um, oh, I gave it five. I Like a high five, it's close to being good, but really it's just a Def Yamasan match with some cute moments. Okay, I'll give it a five. I'll uh, I'll bow to your positivity if we can just stop talking about Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you tried to elaborate and then got annoyed when I talked about something I enjoyed. <laughs> uh, next tournament match then was Blue Stars action. Yutami Hayashita defeating Sayaida at 5 minutes and 54 seconds with the air raid crash. Uh, Chris, opinion on this matchup? It was fine. I like the story of Sayaida getting slowly more annoyed as she's not winning. Like she started off as like, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> now she's like, win. I need to win. There's not a Death Yamasan in my block. So. <laughs> I am the Death Yamasan in this block. 
even Def Yamasan has points. Spoilers. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so she keeps coming out the gate hot, keeps getting caught out by the more experienced um, fighters and put in her place and enjoying that story. But like ultimately, this was a fun re sprint, but nothing overly great. So I have no real strong feelings towards that other than like the overarching story we have going on. See, I I thought it was a very very good match. I mean, it's the battle between oh, two good. tenth class graduates. Um, Ida had come in with this plan to target the arm. Um, I really enjoyed the Kimura lock. She started to adopt into a move set. I think they're really good. Um, she like you say, she's still coming out with complete reckless abandon. Um, but she's adapting those moves. So she came in to target the arm. So similar to how Saya Kamatani sort of edited her move set ready for Himika. Um, Saya Rita. Ad- adapted hers not in the not in as a wildly you know different way as uh Tallsire did but she still edited her move set um she she uh, th- she just wouldn't go away you know you told me just kept like she was like that gnat that kept coming back no matter how many times you lariat it and just you told me just kept lariating her and she just wouldn't stay down um which i, d- I did quite enjoy um have you had issues with bugs today <laughs> Um, there was some really excellent roll reversals in the closing stretch. I thought Utami went out of the way to make Sayurida look good, to be perfectly honest. And um, mm-hmm. I thought it's probably, well, it's her best match so far, definitely Sayurida's. Who's who Sayurida? Nah, I think the jungle match was better. Nah, I disagree. I think this was better. I think she she was more on top here, and it was the first real time that she has fought from on top. I thought... You know, she was very resilient against Jungle, and that's absolutely fine. That's where she should be. But it was interesting to see how she managed a match, especially against someone who was considerably bigger than she is, you know, taller and more well-built, as Utami is. I thought it was interesting to see how she dealt with that. And the fact that she, like I say, she adapted a moveset, you know, completely changed the way that she was going about things. You know, we still had the machine gun chops and things like that. But there was enough there to make me think this is... A different Sire Reader, a strong Sire Reader, and again, Utami bumped really, really well for her, I thought. So I actually gave this seven. I really enjoyed it. Oh, seven. I thought it was a bit short. Um, for, like, I, for, the reason I don't have any strong feelings was because there wasn't enough room to breathe in this one. I think it literally needed like two more minutes. I think you I know could about, say that I'm... about quite a few of the matches, to be perfectly honest. I know it's nitpicky, but like, it's sort of this perpetuated an issue I've had which was the 20 minute time limit has only really served to hurt this 5 star I yeah I think I know where you're going with that what did you give it oh yes I gave it a 6 we're not we're not poles apart we're not poles apart no this isn't another Arisa versus Utami situation (laughs) no no it isn't I don't think we'll ever get a match like that to be fair um so we move on then. Uh, Utami still unbeaten in the Blue Stars block. Um, non-tournament action next in match four with Micah defeating Ryo, Konami, and Saki Kashima at six minutes and 28 with the Suzanka. Building Micah up really, really well here. You know, not just winning this four-way, but winning a four-way with one of the favorites of the five-star in there and Konami. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... I think you kind of need to build her up, especially considering they're doing a lot with DDM going into um, Budokan, so... Yeah. Match five. Red Stars block. Ooh. 
with one of the shocks of the tournament, Saya Kamatani defeating Tam Nakano at 11.06 with an inside cradle. Just before we start with this, Chris, I don't know if you uh, watched the uh, pre-match promos, but I think Tam Nakano has been playing WWE 2K20 um, because the most generically unnecessary line came out. It was like she struggled to find something to say and then came out with this. This is like one of those motivational posters you found in the toilet. If you don't live in the present, you can't grasp the future. The fuck's that even mean, Chris? <laughs> oh, oh my god! It's like I once saw someone put on uh, um, Facebook, and I deleted them. It was um, what was it? It was like one day your mother will put you down and never pick you back up, and it's like that's not deep. That's not deep. Who fuck up? <laughs> They've, um, at work, they have uh, put motivational quotes in the male toilets. And apart from the heads, I am the only male at the school. So whilst I am shitting at work, I've got little motivational quotes basically telling me that I can do it. And I'm like, I'm just pooing. Just just leave me alone. It's like so one of them is, um, because of you, someone smiled. I was like, won't be the cleaners. Because be Jesus Christ... To be fair, I've drank too much the night before. I sometimes need to know. That. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like that, that, I could probably fucking open. I in my hand right now, I have Morrissey's autobiography. I could open it to any page, and this book is the worst book I've ever read, cover to cover. But I would find something better than what she said. That's fucking ridiculous. The thing that the thing that got me about it was like. There's no storyline between Saya and Tam. So it was just like the most... Gen like, Tam is usually a decent promo. Like, she's some of the stuff she comes out with are fucking hilarious. But this just made no sense in the context of the match towards Saya Kamitani about herself. What's that even mean? I, I just... I was... Yeah. I, I hate quotes like that anyway. I find them really self-serving. And... Whenever I see them on Facebook, I'm just like, oh, absolutely fuck off. So I apologize it's, it's, if you are one of those people who posts them, fine. But this, I just, I didn't understand its place at all. And it, it just, was just, I was sat watching this match. I had to pause it and just go, I don't, I just, I don't. I mean, there is a chance that the translation is just wrong and it meant something else. But because the translations have been wrong before, but it was just the fuck's that even mean? <laughs> Just absolutely baffling. But, but, it shouldn't take away, Chris, from what was an absolutely banging match. It was a really good match um, after we ignored what we set up in the first part of the match. Um, so, like, in the first part, Tam was relentlessly going after Sai's leg, and I was loving it. And it looked, it looked like Sai was going to sell, right? Because Tam threw her for an Irish rip, and Sia was had her leg too hurt to walk. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's happening. Sai Kamatani is selling. And then she did a fucking flip. And I was like, okay, well, if she does the kip up and like sells, but she can't do the kip up, we're fine. And no, she does kips up. That, that, that's it. Cool. I think our, our thoughts on Saya's selling, I mean, it, it was better in this match. Um, I mean, like, yeah, but like, it's better than nothing. It's literally better than nothing. It's, it's, it's still wildly inconsistent. Um, her selling in the moment 
has always been really good. She's always got that real baby face in peril sort of, you know, that selling down. That's what I don't get about her, because um, she ha- it's almost like she has wrestling psychology 102, but not one. Like, wrestling psychology 101 is you get kicked somewhere, it hurts. But, like, she, 102, like, she has her facials down, she has her, like, acting down, like, she can act like a psychopath when it, with situation demands on it. She can act like a baby face in peril when, baby, when it demands on it, etc., um, like her, like she's got everything down, but res- but like wrestling psychology one one, and it's like, did you just skip that? I do understand. You're like you know what? I do understand, and I completely agree with you. You know, I completely agree with you because I made a point of it during the tag match at Corican. But I still haven't forgiven her. But she sold it a little bit. There's improvement there. So I'm <laughs> I'm not going to focus on it during this match. I'm going to focus on everything else. Like, the thing is, very quickly, I wouldn't have brought it up if she didn't sell it so well at the time and then suddenly just decided to ignore it. She did. She did still sell it afterwards. She did. She sort of held it a little bit. There was one hilarious moment where she stood in the corner and then just sort of jerked to her knee as though she thought, "Oh shit, I should be signing that." You know, it's like, you know, like have you? Well, of course you've been to a skill play because you you work at a primary <laughs> school. Um, but like you know when like a kid misses his cue and remembers like a couple seconds later that he had his cue, and then just suddenly jolts back. Like that's what a lot of size selling felt like here. I won't say a lot of it. There was that moment, but I I do understand. And, you know, I imagine for a, a couple of months, we are going to have an issue with size selling. I think it is going to get better. So I'm just not going to mention it now. Okay. It's, it's an issue. We know it's an issue. We've spoken about it many, many times. Aside from that, and even the, even the fact that the knee didn't play into the finish, I didn't actually mind that because of the way Sire won. If Saya had won by powering out of a tiger suplex and me, hitting her finishing move, then I would have been like, what the fuck is this bullshit? But the way she won that desperation roll-up, that inside cradle as Tam went for her move, I really liked that because Tam got cocky. Tam got arrogant. You know, she thought she was going to destroy this. She'd work the knee, you know, which was clearly giving Saya a lot of trouble. Um, but she tried... To be that cocky, arrogant, I am too good for things. She'd wiped her out with the Shining Wizard, but Sire, cleverly, just inside Cradle. I quite liked that. I don't mind when a knee doesn't play into the... You know, it's not like Will Offspray used to, where, you know, a knee has been worked for an entire 20-minute match, then he does a shooting star press off the top rope. Do you think it's not even as egregious as um, the first of the Champions Carnival, Kanto Miyahara versus Yoshitatsu? Where Kenta Miyahara literally need the post, and fuck off, and then like very suddenly um, didn't care about it up until the end where Yoshitatsu won with Neva. At least it fit. At least yeah. No, I, I get. I've heard pretty mixed reports about the Champions Carnival. To be fair, I've heard it's pretty underwhelming. Um, I've heard. I've not seen day three yet. Um, day three was. Apparently, really good because I had a Shino versus Miyahara. But, um, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but day, day one had a great match between, um, Kishi- um, Jairo Kishino and Jake Lee. That was great. Okay. Sure. Like, uh, 
like Cinderella, not Cinderella, um, five star short, but still really good. And then day two is just cursed because you know Jaro um, Kashio, the comedy guy who comes out in a watermelon jacket, he beats Swama. <laughs> what? Yeah, he beats Swama. And Swama's still the Triple Crown champion, right? Triple Crown, yeah. Yeah. Also, um, day two's cursed because Ishikawa was. Um, no, Tatsu um, was injured, so Ishikawa got the four point, um, got the points, and we didn't get Tatsu versus Ishikawa, which would have been good. There you go. There you go. Did your boyf win? <laughs> what? Did uh, Did your boyf win on day two? Oh no, oh, no. That, um, oh no, he w- no, he did wrestle on day two, didn't he? Who? Sorry. Go on. You know who I'm talking about. No, he didn't wrestle in day two. Okay. I don't want. I'm fa- that alarm gives me fucking nightmares. <laughs> Let's move on then. Let's move on. Um, I gave it. I was flip flopping between a seven and an eight. Now my reasoning was taking the selling out of it because it's it's not like she didn't sell it at all. Saya has improved massively. Her and Tam had fantastic chemistry in this match. Really, really good. Um, and I really enjoyed the finish. But you know, you can't just take a massive part of the match out. So I gave it a seven, but it was a high seven. I don't think it was good as a Himika match where we get, you know, we praised it up and we gave it a high eight. I I don't feel like I can give this match with Tam the same grade we gave Himika, but I just want it on the record that this was still a great match. Saya continues to impress and just goes from strength to strength in this tournament. She just needs a little bit of long-term selling because as we've said in the moment she's wonderful but you know a minute after that's happened and she's suddenly springboarding around the ring so we just need a little bit of practice on that a little bit of sorting and tweaking in that area and then she's she's gonna rock it rock it up that card and i mean that yeah um this match got incredibly intense at the end it's sort of what Tam does best is intensity and we sort of got shown in the Himika match that Sai can be really intense as well mm-hmm. but like I, I don't know just after the need to stop being sold completely like, I don't I don't need a lot I just need lip service basically I just need her to like randomly hold on to I just need her to like hesitate after uh, um, after a move or just Something, something to show me that the legs hurt. Because at points it was just ignored and then brought back in again. And I don't like that. I don't like it when anyone does it. I've complained about it in Julia matches. I've complained about it in. Um, I'm trying to think who else did it this year. I think no, Jungle didn't do it. It was someone in TCS who did it. I, I think it might have been. I don't know. Hate has done it. B's done it. It's just annoying to me. And I and like again, I can get over it, especially in like for example, the Arisa versus Tam match. It wasn't the story. It was like a part. It was this plan that didn't work. So she shifted, and Arisa still wasn't going at like full speed. And like there was something there to tell you, but the legs not all there. But like it's not really the biggest. It's not really the story of the match. Whereas this was the complete first half of the match, but just got ignored. It's like yeah. it's like we had two matches they want to do, and we couldn't decide. Couldn't decide what one it was. You know, like you know how like Cars three felt like Pixar wanted to do not Cars two wanted to do a spy movie, but we we're like, no, you do Cars. So they just somehow did a spy movie about Cars. This was this one. This was like the spy the Cars two of five star matches. 
Fucking hell, you went about the houses there. What the fuck? <laughs> Jesus, what a weird way to get to where you what you were trying to say. Um, I don't find it as egregious as that. I, I do still have an issue with it. You know I still have an issue with it. It was the kip-up I had more issues with than, my, than the springboard. Because like, well, the springboard, you can argue, it's adrenaline, yeah. and then she collapses after that. That's great, but the, the kip-up, you know, wasn't necessary. That's my issue. I was like, if she does the kip-up, she has to tweak the knee on the kip-up, and she didn't. Yeah. And that sort of just... Like, it, it dragged me back. I gave it a seven as well. But if the leg was continued to incorporate, be incorporated, this would be probably be both women's best match of the of the tournament so far. Definitely one of them, yeah. It'd be top five matches of the tournament, I think. Um, I don't think it was as good as the Amica match because I, I love that match. But it was a completely different style of match. And like I say, Sire is proving that she can wrestle these different types of matches, which is great. And I texted you earlier on and said, you know, like I said on here, she's going to rock it up that card very, very soon. As soon as she's had those little tweaks, she's going to be a big star in stardom. Moving on, match six, Blue Stars action with Jungle Kiona defeating Natsukatora at eight minutes and 50 seconds by guess what, Chris? <laughs> Fucking disqualification. All right, I'm gonna, because I know what I, I know. It's building in you. No, it's rock, not. So I'm gonna. It's not, but you can go first. Please feel free. <laughs> um, I liked ninety five percent of this match. I know. Oh, it's so <laughs> frustrating. It's totally not building in you. Um, <laughs> I tried, man. I tried. Like, like it, it's like a it was like a horse match, and I like a horse match. Jungle is really good at horse matches, and Tara is a good horse, really good obstacle, which is great for someone like Jungle, because you know she's sort of on a redemption arc with Mims Five Star, and then just it kept going to what, and then like the chain came out, and it looked like it was going to be really cool because the referee was like knocked down, and it was going to be like a hanging from the top rope while thing was on there, and then Jungle broke free, and it was going to be fighting with the chain around Jungle's neck it could have led to a very creative finish and then no she just got hanged it's it the what the what fuck but <laughs> like what fuck uh, and um it it reminds you know it's like the Utami match where it was so close so like honestly these Tara matches get like that are good get are so close to hit like this match would have been an 8 if, if, if it had stuck for landing and it didn't the Utami match would have been an 8 if it had stuck for landing like the only match that stuck for landing for me remotely with um Tora is the Momo match and even then that was shite beforehand so like why can't you put the two pieces together? What is wrong with you? I want to like Tora so fucking much. Like, I, I, I really want to like her because there's aspects of her that I really, really like. Like that brutish Kevin Owen Samoa Joe figure. We don't have that in stardom. We have like Himika, but she's more like a giant, more like a jumbo Saruta, whereas I want a Stan Hansen and she could be like the brutal Stan Hansen and she's not and I hate it and I, I want to like you. <laughs> Why won't you let me love you? Uh, the fact that we were robbed of a chain hanging transitioned into a jungle buster spot makes me so sad because I popped big when I thought that was going to happen and then it didn't and I was like, fuck this shit. Um, in all seriousness, I thought everything, everything leading up to the final stretch was great. 
in this match. Everything you've said, Chris, is absolutely spot on. I mean, putting aside for a second the fact that the underlying story of this is that, you know, Tora ultimately has the future of Tokyo Cyber Squad in her hands. You know, putting that aside... They were also both in the same stable beer and Jan. Exactly. Putting aside the fact that they know each other from Jan, you know, and they showed that they were familiar with each other. They kicked out of each other's finish. Jungle kicked out of the Ascension and Tora kicked out of the Diving Body Splash. They reversed loads of things. And even the chain spot originally was a sign of desperation. There was actually story behind the chain usage initially as she went for the clothesline just to stop Jungle hitting her with something. That's great. I don't mind that. And as I said before, even the Jungle, the um, chain hanging into the Jungle Buster would have been fucking amazing. Can you imagine if that was the finish? That would have been incredible. What an inventive way of using the chain. But no, we just go back to colour by numbers. I mean, admittedly, even the chain hanging looked a little bit more organic than it has done in previous matches where we just seem to have forced the fact that, oh, I'm Tora, I use a chain, we need to get this in somehow. At least this felt a little bit more organic. That's because that's Jungle can make anyone look good. Absolutely. And I, like I say, I agree with everything you said. Tora, she should be that main event hoss that you just, you you know, she's a destroyer. That is what she should be. She shouldn't be this person where just no one gives a fuck. And it's it's so sad. And again, this isn't me slagging off her in-ring work because her in-ring work, when she, you know, as proved here, she was great here against Utami. She was great. until And then it's just the finish. They just need more creative finishes, more ways of getting heat as opposed to just getting DQ'd because the stories aren't going anywhere. Okay, they beat up Momo. They've beaten up Momo twice. Why? There's no storyline there. Okay, their feud is with Tokyo Cyber Squad. That That's their feud at the moment. Why the fuck are they beating up Momo? And don't just say, oh, it's because they're heels, they're mental, they're crazy. N- no, they're not. They just <laughs> don't have... They just don't what have the a... I know, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> they just don't have a direction, and it ruined... What would have been, as you rightly said, this would have been one of my favourite matches. This would have been an eight, easy. And instead, I've got to give it a six because yet again, we have another chain hanging. When are the refs just going to stop her coming to the ring with the chain? When is she going to be fired? When is she going to be fired? Actual bodily harm. I just don't understand. And it, it just winds me up because you had so much to play with here. You had, as I've said, the underlying storyline of Torah the one who can crush Tokyo Cyber Squad and Jungle knowing that and Jungle trying to beat the shit out of Tora so that when it comes to that moment, she's got the advantage. You've got the Jan Alliance or the previous Jan Alliance. There was so much you could do with it and it just felt so colour by numbers again. And it just you had stuff to play with here. You had two separate fucking storylines to play with and you just went for the I use a chain why? But it's fine. I'm not going to talk about it because I think I ranted enough about Aweeda Tai last time on the podcast and they're not on the night too. So I'm not going to moan. So we're going to move on from that. I gave it six, Chris. What did you give it? I gave it a six too and it pains me because it was so close to being an eight. It was. We're not going to rise to it, Chris. We're not going to rise. Anyway, Jungle got the two points, moving her to six points. Um, match seven, then. 
uh, Red Star's block and Julia defeated Starlight Kid at 9 minutes 27 seconds with Bianca. Just before I throw to you, Chris, I will say that Ju- this Julia is on a, a run at the moment of delivering matches that I'm really, really, really enjoying. Starlight, absolutely mate. Because since she's not winning anything, you know, she's been, she's been made to look amazing. And also, Bianca looks like it absolutely fucking wrecks. Oh, it doesn't look pleasant, does it? It looks so good. She, it, she, the <laughs> fact that Julia has that and Stealth Viper, like, that's greedy. You can't have two of the nicest looking submission finishes in a company. Say that to Daniel Bryan. True. And Zack Sabre Jr., actually. But... And, and, and Tanahashi. And Tanahashi. Even so, despite all that, I still really, really enjoyed this match, Chris. I did really like... I, I really like this. Um, much like a lot of matches, and I'm trying not to happen this, but it does... It's needed more time to brief. And, like, I, I continue to question why they have a 20-minute time limit if they're not going to give these matches more time because especially considering we have a lot of pointless filler on these cards and i don't mean in terms of like actual five-star matches i mean in terms of like random tag matches is like uh, just give the girls a night off or something and put a couple like kid tags in there that last like three minutes or something what why not just distribute the wasted time onto more five-star matches because if this had more space it would be great it needed a bit more space. I will also say the rookies using quick roll-ups to beat bigger people, while it's the best way to do it, I will admit, is a bit overdone. Like, we had just on this card alone, we had it in the Starlight match, we had it in the Sire match, we had it in the um, Sire match, and we had it in the Depi Amazon match. I do agree with you. I do agree with you, but only one person won with it. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. Um, which would question why everyone keeps fucking using that tactic but other than that this match was really good um starlight kid continues to find like actual ways to get into a 619 which means she's better than rey mysterio i guess <laughs> actually she gave me like proper rey mysterio vibes in this one but like she it felt like throughout this whole match she was only just holding on she was and i don't know why but during this match i mean i i think we spoke i think it was the last podcast episode where i said that there was a couple of a couple of matches where I just I didn't feel at any point like the underdog was going to win. I said it about Sayurida match. I said it about Starlight Kid match. I don't know what it was. I just didn't feel like they had a chance. I didn't feel like their flash pins were going to come to anything. However, here, I don't know what it was. I don't know whether it was because Julia was being this arrogant, you're a tiny person who can't hurt me, dickhead type, the type that she's perfected over the last couple of matches. I genuinely felt Starlight could win this. And every flashback, I don't know what it was, but I was like, Starlight's going to win. Starlight's going to upset it. And I don't know what it was about this match, but I was far more convinced of Starlight's chances in this match than I have been since her opening match. Yeah, I do agree. Like, I've, it's not since May that I felt Starlight had it. And even with May, it was literally just a case of May can make anyone look like she's going to beat her. Um, yeah, but Starlight was just like solid. And it's it's annoying when matches are just solid, because like beyond the point we've made, there's not a ton to talk about. It's just really good. Um, Julia finally had a really good match with someone who isn't there yet, which is good. That shows progress. Um, actually, Julia was probably 
plays her role here to absolute perfection. Uh, I I like it when Julia doesn't take someone seriously. Like it's it's almost like when Julia's trying to be like the stoic, but the stoic badass. That's when I sort of turn off of her. Like that's why I didn't like her in the Cinderella. But like during the Five Star, she's shown a bit more personality. So mm. as you said, she's fucked really with her good. cadence, as you say. Yeah. Yeah, like she isn't just delivering the same match if she's not. Um, like she still had a couple. She's not hit every time out. I we have very different opinions on her sire match, but she's definitely improving. I have less of an issue with her. And yeah, just everything here was done super well. Literally, my only problem was it was too short, which I guess isn't the worst thing. Like it got to the end of it, and I was like, I want more. Mm. But like it wasn't in more. It wasn't in sort of a gluttonous way. It was more in a anemic way. <laughs> Going back to your point previously about extending the time limit to 20 minutes, obviously, including the night that we're going to review in a moment, there's been two 20-minute time limit draws. However, Mm -hmm. apart from those, there are very, very few matches that have even hit double figures. On this day show, there was one match which went into double figures. And that was the Sayaka Matani yeah. and Tam Nakano match. And that went 11 minutes. That's a nine-minute swing. See, I don't... thing is, I don't even... Like, I, I didn't mind that in the five-star last year. I don't mind that here. The only issue is, it means when a draw happens, it they're, like both draws, I feel, are a bit long in the teeth. We spoke about that, didn't we, with the Himika and the uh, Sayakamatani match. We thought if they'd have cut three yeah, minutes was... off, it would have been, that would have been the best 15-minute draw. That would have been incredible. And yeah. I feel the exact same way as I imagine you feel from what you've just said about the Utami and Momo main event of, that, of the, the evening show. Yeah, and I, I know I'm doing it because especially with... Um... It's just so wrestling culture right now. It's sort of what's assumed longer matches means better matches, and that's just not the case. And it hasn't hurt the product that much, but like it's just sort of not added anything, and it's only served to take away. And I kind of hope it's only for this year's five star because more is not always better. I think just having it there, you know, they they are giving matches more time to breathe. That's the idea behind extending the time limit, obviously. But, but they haven't not actually doing exactly. That. They haven't done it apart from to go to twenty minute time limit draws. You even have you're either having twenty minute time limit draws or nine minute matches, and that seems to be the average match length. And while that's great, you know, I can burn through a stardom um, show in you know an hour and a half just over. That's great, love that. But why? If you're not going to play with the 20-minute time limit, if you're not going to have someone just win, you know, at 19 minutes or an 18 minutes or something like that, then there was no point in extending it. I understand the premise behind it, and I agree with the premise behind it, certainly. But if you're not going to play with it or change it or change the match length, like I say, one match on this show went over nine minutes. So I just feel like if it's not going to change, if the match lengths aren't going to change or you aren't going to give them slightly longer, like this match, for example, would have still been great if it had gone 11 minutes, 12 minutes. Um, the main event, Azumi versus Suri, which we're going to get onto in a minute, I thought that ended so abruptly. Like, I know it was with the Azumi Sushi, so that's sort of the point, but that would have been just as good a match at 13 minutes. 
there's there's room to give the matches that are going short more time to breathe. Even mm-hmm. if you shave two or three minutes, like one of the longest matches was Momo versus Hannon. I mean, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't know why they've even bothered with like the fourteen-year-olds on the five-star shows. No, and I understand you're trying to get people hyped for. You know, I understand to a certain extent the triple threat Julia Tam and Hannon on in the evening show because you're trying to hype the feud between uh, Julia and Tam. I understand that. Well, you don't you don't need it on every show. You know, when there's only five five star matches, fine. You know, throw a couple of tags on there, throw a couple of warm up tags on there, throw the throw the young ones on there. Don't mind. But when you've got eight matches or seven five star matches, you don't need other matches. Give every other match two more minutes and cut out the non tournament matches. Yeah. Anyway. Let's move on because we spent a little bit too much time on that. Oh, b- b- before we get into this one, I need to op- I need to open up a cold one, but boys, because this is a lot. This match is a lot. Oh my god! Before I we start, my only... before we start, your all important rating for Julia and Starlight Kid. Oh, seven. I gave it high save, high seven, low eight. So we're about on par there. Um. So. This match, my only note here is a match based around book psychology. Match eight, Red Stars. Mayo Iwatani defeated Devi Amasan at four minutes and thirteen seconds with a moonsault. What the fuck? <laughs> okay, so let's just go over the events of the match. So we come out and Devi Amasan's on a cart. Yep. Because, you know, she died earlier. Of course. Um, as, as she is one to do. And then Mayu came out, because that's how matches work. And then I think I had a stroke. Because, <laughs> okay, so, like, if a match started out as like, a normal Def Yamasan match, Mayu was doing Mayu things, and then Mayu's book came out. And, like, Def Yamasan was, like, reading it as she was doing offense. And then, like, would lock her up within the book, and then had it in like a chin hold, and put the book down, and pointed at a passage, and May started reading the passage about how Arisa beat her, as you know, is the correct order of things. And then she, May gave her like a half second look of wait, what, why the fuck am I doing this? And then Def Yamasan continues to attack, and then a moonsault happens, and May wins. <laughs> there was just so, like. Mayu, for a start, <laughs> spent her entire pre-match promo, her entire allotted time trying to remember what city they were in, and then had wasted her time, so then I had to go, oh, we're in Fukuoka. I've got to go now. So what the fuck? Then Konami crashed the cart with Death on into the steps, which I'm not entirely sure was planned, so Death was selling the back injury. So she tried to hook herself onto the ropes and then just collapsed on the ring apron for the entire of Mayu's entrance to the point where Mayu just looked at her and looked at the referee and went, is she okay? And then you add the book thing that you went into, you'd got <laughs> Death coming off the top rope for a senton while still reading Mayu's book. Missed the senton. So Mayu went to the top rope did a fucking moonsault whilst reading her own book and pinned her. It was 
DDT levels of bonkers. It was brilliant. I love this. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is probably my favorite under five minutes ma- um, under five minute match of the year. <laughs> it's so difficult to create a comedy match that people find legitimately entertaining. And this was just so different and so bizarre and just completely out of left field. Basically, just an entire advert for Mayu's book. And apparently, Death also knows the word Amazon. Um, I don't know if you heard that (laughs) (laughs) as she was Um, reading. Think it's about it's like when it's like trying to write um it's like trying to write death matches or trying to write um shoot fighting because like what we're judging it on is completely different to what we normally judge a match on. But I'm not quite sure how to rate it. I gave it six. It's the Beth Dami- Death Yamasan match. This was perfectly in her wheelhouse. Mayu played a part superbly. It was something completely different, something I did not expect whatsoever and i laughed for the entire four and a half minutes so you know it's it's not an eight star match you know if you're looking for pure wrestling for god's sake don't watch this but you know why would you watch a death yamasan match for pure wrestling anyway but it was it was an absolute riot i loved it i thought it was really really funny and i don't find comedy wrestling that funny tori yano's had the odd one which i found funny but you know as a whole I'm not really into comedy wrestling. That's why I don't watch DDT. But overall, I found this as a one-off, as something completely unique, as something completely different. I found it really funny. Um, I am someone who likes comedy wrestling. Um, a lot more than Rob, and I think definitely a lot more than Gaff. Goth just doesn't like um... fun. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, and... This made me laugh, which is all I want from a comedy match. But also, I'm trying to think of other comedy matches. Like, I guess the best one would definitely be Pac versus Orange Cassidy. That was entertaining. Or maybe, or maybe Toriano versus Hiromi. <laughs> the, the impromptu hair match. Yeah. <laughs> Where Toriano gets thrown in a lift. <laughs> Didn't didn't Hiromu come out in a hard hat? Um, yeah. And then, which, um, he got, um, (laughs) he got trapped. He got, like, tied to someone. And, um, they had to work together to get Hiromu back to the ring so it wouldn't be a double count out. It's just hilarious. (laughs) Um, Anyway, moving on. Let's move on to the main event of night one, or show one of the, the 12th of September. Uh, main event match nine, Blue Stars action with Azumi defeating the returning Suri at 9 minutes and 34 seconds with Azumi Sushi. Another surprise, Chris, with Azumi taking the win over one of the fancied people of this tournament. For me, this was match of the night. This was great. This was really good, really, really good. Um, as you said earlier, a bit abrupt, and I don't. The thing is, I think a roll up would have been a like because that's how Azumi ends matches, but it's more abrupt than the roll up. Even the roll up would imply. 
Well, I've put, I've put literally my last note on this match verbatim is 12 minutes and we'd have been talking match of the tournament. Yeah, it's another issue where this was a tad too short. Yeah. And it's a shame because it did, because it's still really good. And like, I'm rating like everything here a seven and it makes it sound like this isn't worth watching when it really is. It's really worth watching, but. It, it it's just there's not enough there to give to throw a um eight on a lot of these, which is a shame because like I most of these given the time would be an eight, and I understand especially now in the. But again, if you listen to this, you you're probably a dedicated Sardom what follower anyway. But like if you're new to Sardom, the five stars is still fun. Like it's it's for literally for the two nights, it took me about two and a quarter hours to get through them. Hmm. Like for the two nights, just for block matches, I'm like, it's, it's hard to overstate how good that is because that's like one New Japan main event, <laughs> and it's about half an Okada match, and it's just good value for your time. You see so much, and you get to watch people grow. But this is still an issue within this particular tournament, and I'm not sure it's going away. But this was really good. A, t- a tad botchy though, like the top rope um, swinging round armbar that Zumi's been doing. She did kind of fuck it up, but like, I know it's a dickhole thing to point out, but because, you know, one in a million or whatever, we just happened to catch for one and it kind of was jarring. See, that didn't that didn't bother me in the slightest. I thought it was wrestled at such a high pace and a high tempo that you are going to have the odd one that doesn't, that odd move, that odd transition that doesn't quite click. I enjoyed the fact that Azumi was full of nervous energy about facing a senior. Um, I enjoyed the fact that she was quickly grounded by Suri's MMA style. Um, I like the fact that once Azumi realized that her high speed game was going to get her absolutely nowhere against Suri, that she tried, um, that she opted for arm breakers which was a really clever tactic because it then meant that Suri, who was selling it perfectly, couldn't lock in her own arm breaker because she couldn't do it with her left arm because Azumi had worked it so well. Um, the, la- the last stretch was absolutely fantastic, just seamless transitions. Um, Azumi just, again, continues to be one of the most entertaining things about this tournament. She's wrestled some of the better matches of this tournament. I think she's one of those people that's been elevated massively by her performance in this tournament. Um, I gave it eight because I thought it was really good. The finish aside, which again was quite abrupt, but for the sake of argument, let's just put that down to the fact that it was a surprise roll-up, which is effectively what the Azumi Sushi is. I still think, as I said before, if this goes three more minutes, even two and a half more minutes, this is a match of the tournament contender easily i agree but unfortunately eight out of ten is match of the tournament caliber i'm i'm giving this a seven i think for lack of that three minutes just does drag this down because it ended up being a really fun back and forth but because nothing had time to breathe nothing stays with you apart from the flash roll up at the end at least for me no nah, like, see i disagree the, the broad, massively disagree massively the broad, the broad strokes stick with me, but like, if I imagine this match in my mind, it's just going to fucking fire pro footage or whatever. <laughs> you look at matches that we've given eight stars to before, and uh-huh. this fits that caliber certainly. I, I don't know, I'm looking through my tracker to have a look. Okay, 
Um, because we've been quite stringent with what we've given those 8, 9, 10 grades to in this tournament. Nothing's reached 10. I think it's maybe one match no- that's reached 9. N- nothing's reached 9 for me. I think um, Konami Mayu may have done. Um, that, was, that was an 8 for me. Okay. I, I think the closest we can really compare this to is Jungle vs. Zumi in terms of like length. The problem was, I think there was, for me, there was a more defined story in that match. See, I disagree. I don't think you can just arbitrarily say we can't give it a grade because of the timing. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying we can't. I'm saying, I'm trying to justify why I gave it the grade I did. I disagree and you're wrong. I mean, like... <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think with that match, I think I agree with you about the timing issue. I do agree. You know, we've had a conversation about it. I don't the think it is, was a, a massive a... issue here. I don't think it was a big enough issue to, you know, effectively stop, you know, change it from a great match to just a good match. I think it stood out against all of the other matches on that card. Matches that we have given 7-2, Saya versus Tam, Julia versus um, Starlight Kid. You know, I think that that match stood out against those. And as we gave those seven, I... it, it makes sense to give this eight, surely. I kind of see all of these as um, diamonds in the rough. They all have the potential to be great, but all have one or two big things holding them back. I do agree to a certain extent. And again, I don't think it will get any high. Well, it can't get any higher than an eight because, you know, there are certain things holding it back. I do think it deserves an eight, but again, they're completely subjective. Star ratings. What you give a seven, I can give an eight. It matters not one jot, to be perfectly honest. Overall, Chris, what did you think of the day show? It was fun. Um, so it se- to me, it seemed like a lot of people were saving energy for the night show, which makes perfect sense. I've always questioned hosting two shows on the same day. You're just going to burn out your talent. Um, it's somewhat fine with his tag matches, but here a lot of people are sort of saving themselves for the night show, and that's completely 100% justified, mm-hmm. especially Def Yamasan pulling triple duty. <laughs> Yeah, we saw all together too much of Death Yamasan. Um, speaking of Death Yamasan, um, let's move on to the opening match then of the night show. Stardom Five Star Grand Prix, 12th of September, night show, Fukuoka, and we open with Red Star's action. Death Yamasan defeating Saya Kamatani at 4 minutes and 36 seconds with a roll up. And. You know, we spoke about Death versus Himika and how we saw a different side of Himika and even a few different sides to Death. Uh, we praised the Mayu and Death match because they found that wonderful small nugget of comedy, which, you know, actually makes people laugh and isn't cringy. And then we get this match, which is about as Death as a Death match can get. It was fuck it. <laughs> How much death could a death match death? <laughs> death match could death death. No, um, this was literally the Tam match from last week. Only um, death got a roll up. That's literally. It was. It was a. You know, we moan about Natsukatora. Um, you know, death doesn't need to be taken seriously because she's an undercard wrestler, an undercard comedy wrestler. But this was, yeah, every single death Yamasan match. It was a cut, copy-paste Death Yamasan match. The only good thing was the finish when Saya goes for the running shooting star and Death rolls her up. Yeah, and with Death, like, the difference between Death, because I have seen 
not on in our comments, but I've seen other people complain about what Daffy Amasan does. But, but with that, it's a case of Daffy Amasan. She's essentially there to amp up the live crowd. <laughs> so, with her death. No, that's not, it gets people participating, doesn't it? So it gets from like it gets from into the show without burning them out in the opener. Yeah, yeah. She she's just yeah. You're absolutely right. She's you know. She's serving a purpose, whereas that's called Tora. Unless her purpose is to make me want to cry, I don't <laughs> think she's serving her purpose. She certainly isn't. Um, however, you know, credit where credit's due, triple duty for death. She finally gets her first win of the five-star 2020, which moves her to two points. Uh, still bottom of the block, but she moves to two points. Um Again, being Sayurida. Yes, yeah, she is being Sayurida. Um, this again is, as I said before, about as death as a death match gets. I gave it four just because that seems to be the benchmark <laughs> against everything death at the moment. I, I'm I'm starting to mark death matches down because I am getting annoyed. I mean, in um, in her defense, her Himika like, and Mayu matches were different at least, so it wasn't like we've had it every match, worse, but. But um, I'm going for four, and I'm going to knock it down a rating every time she does the same match. Or this is a three. <laughs> Savage. Um, we then moved to uh, match two again. More red star action with Konami defeating Starlight Kid at six <laughs> minutes and thirty-one with a triangle lancer. And what we witnessed, Chris, was a fucking murder. Very quickly, have I ever told you why? When I hear you say red star, it makes me giggle. Um, is it because you used to drink Red Star? Oh, no, it was Red Stripe. Um... No, I, I still do drink Red Stripe. It's basically the only thing we serve in um, audio in Glasgow. No, um, it is. <laughs> so there was a gang in uh, around in grammar school called um, Red Star. That's the poshest thing what? you've ever said. There was a gang at my grammar school called Red Stars. Uh, everything the grammar school now. Anyway, just quickly um, for sorry, no, just think... quickly be, for our American contingent, uh, grammar schools are where posh people go. Chris, do continue. No, they're not. It's just li- it, there are literally two schools in the whole of fucking East Lothian. <laughs> it's not a posh school. It's a posh school. It's not. A posh My dad school. went to a grammar school, mate. It's a posh school. I live in a council house. <laughs> That does that doesn't mean that you can't be posh. Posh people live in council houses. What? No, no. But anyway, continuing. Um, but they were they were the worst gang because they were the worst gang at your grammar school, were they? Oh well, done by young team were proper proper annoying, but um, the um, they held an assembly. Who did red stars? Because people. Uh-oh. No, um, like, do they have that the power? School held, the school held an assembly to tell people to stop um, mocking Red Star for being so shit because the kids were getting insulted. <laughs> what the fuck? Keep in mind, this is a school. This is a school where fifty people a day told me I should die, but you know it's fine. <laughs> Leave the Red Stars alone. <laughs> that was honestly, again. I can't believe you went to a grammar school and are trying to persuade people that you aren't posh. It's literally the only school in my area. Can you see how offended he's getting, guys? It's because it's a posh school. I'm not posh! He says in a posh accent. Anyway. I, I, that's not, I, I don't have a posh <laughs> accent. I'm just really sad right now. <laughs> this match, Chris, was fucking excellent. 
Well, we talk. Oh, Konami versus Starlight. Yeah, this is an. Um, this is a great little sprint right here. What? How long did it go? Like, it was short, six wasn't minutes it? It was like thirty-one. Seven. Yeah. So fun we sprint. Um. It, but like they paced it to go a sprint, so I'm. I don't really have a complaint here. Um. Konami continues to be amazing at setting traps. She's getting more intense by the match, which I'm completely into. The way she shoots at that triangle lancer just makes me worry for everyone. The way she transitioned into that in this match looked amazing. And the the way Starlight sold it made it look even better. Yeah, just like short and sweet, but just like, and that's definitely the highlight of the match. But no real complaints here, but also nothing to talk about. It was basically just watching a murder of like a Hello Kitty. (laughs) It did. And, you know, there were spots that were you know, difficult to watch. Like, she set up, um, for those who remember the spot with Shayna Baszler and Dakota Kai in NXT, where she had her hand up and it was sort of like she was going to stamp on the elbow to, like, break the arm. And instead, she just gave it a fucking kick. And it was like, oh, Jesus, that looked like it fucking hurt. And just everything Konami did was with just this sense of brutality which she's been having throughout the five-star. However, Starlight Kid did not sit down, did not take it all lying down she fought back she gave konami a slap and showed a bit of resilience and fire um and you know there was a let's not forget that konami hasn't used the triangle lancer in three or four matches she didn't use it to beat mayu she didn't use it to beat julia however she does pull it out against starlight now you can either take that she shot as one of those where you think right well she wants to just inflict more pain on starlight she's pissed her off or I need to get this match done. I'm going to use this. She did shoot through it with May. She did, but May, you got out of it. She didn't yeah, use it to finish the match. Yeah, but she didn't use it to finish the match. Yeah, because it failed Doesn't twice. Matter. She didn't use it to, fail, to finish the match. If you it's, think about how much she weakened Mayu, by the end of the match, she could have quite easily locked in the Triangle Lancer and won. But she didn't. She went for the Armbreaker instead. She could have gone for anything after Mayu. She beat that poor woman into, in, just into a pulp by the end of that match i enjoyed it um yeah um uh, yeah i think it was literally just a case of i why would i waste my time with starlight i think um konami starting to realize how serious her chances of winning is has she went against himika yet no himika versus konami is the final match on the 19th ah because those two can anyone else catch from now? I'm trying to. I'm looking through my score sheet yeah. here. Himika, we'll go through the score sheet at the end, but there are one, two, okay. three, four, five people in contention to. Well, actually, there's four people in contention to top the block. <laughs> I imagine it will probably be a shootout between Konami and Himika, but again. We don't know yet. I did enjoy there was one moment I forgot to mention, this, and it's it's been used like in quite a few matches by a few different competitors. But I love the kick out into the Kimura lock. I just fucking <laughs> love it. It looks so amazing. Just I'm gonna pin you and I'm gonna hold your arm. So if you do kick out, you little shit, I'm gonna rip your wrist off. Oh, it just looks incredible. It looked amazing. I love Konami, and I know that on the Voices of Wrestling Pickums, we've chosen Momo. And I said we, it, it was me, just Chris's piggybacking. Um, I am wholeheartedly... Oh, no, I've, I've, I've abandoned that ever since. I am wholeheartedly behind Konami winning the five-star. Like, like full-on. Don't give a shit if Momo wins. 
I am fully behind Konami. She has been entertaining. She's been brutal, and she's been fucking great to watch. I'm hang- I'm holding out for a Konami versus Jungle final. That would be the dream, wouldn't it? That was uh, that would be a scenario and a half going into uh, the last Tokyo Cyber Squad match. Um, I gave this eight. I thought this was absolutely brilliant. Couldn't find a fault with it. I thought uh, once again, like it was a great little sprint, but um, for me, that's all it was. I think I don't think well. I really enjoyed Konami's work, but wasn't enough of it here. And that's not, and again, that's not a case that this isn't another case of me thinking this match needed more time. This match went exactly as long as it had to go, but also this match had a ceiling, which for me is like a high six, low seven. <laughs> now you know how I feel whenever you talk I just, shit about I just Arisa. think that you're criticising a match for just being short and I just I, I don't anyway match three uh, non-tournament action Julia defeating Tam Nakano and Hannon at 8 minutes and 9 seconds with the big boot obviously we didn't watch this because it was a non-tournament match but couple of points um, the finish was Julia literally taking Hannon's fucking head off with a big boot. It was like, I don't know what Hannon had done to piss off Julia, <laughs> but it was just, it was the biggest big boot I have ever seen. Um, she then um, sort of chats some shit about Tam Nakano and stars. Now no one in stars can beat her. Tam calls her stupid. Whoa. And then says she will be her on the 13th and then take her belts. Uh, and then Julia just ends with, I like you. You have no common sense. <laughs> brilliant that's, how, that's basically how we started this absolutely um, match 4 further non-tournament action do you see what we were what we mean I mean both of these matches uh, well this one is certainly pointless so match 4 Azumi and Riho defeat Tora and Saki Kashima at 7 minutes and 31 guess how Chris guess how they won I don't I can we just via disqualification <laughs> after Saki hit Azumi with a chair Every time I watch a uh, Natsuko Tora match, I'm thinking in my head what else I could be watching. It's just... Um... Like, during the... Um, at the end of a jungle match, I was just thinking, I could be watching Sky High right now. The school for superheroes. I have Disney Plus, and I've been reliving my childhood a lot recently. Is Sky High on Disney Plus? Yes, Disney. I did not know it was Disney. It's a great fucking film. It's amazing. Not as good as Spy Kids, though. Which one? Um, one and two. Yeah, three and four were a bit too far, weren't they? How the fuck did we get to Spy Kids? Se- I've never seen four, but three has one of my favorite things. It's Ricardo Westman just going, whip that wave, Junie. I'm like, wow. <laughs> the cringiest thing. Yeah, but what also what I love in my film, it's like, um, I, I also been Spy Kids recently. Um, it was like, um, Going through the people who could bring be you can bring into the game, it was like um, grandpa, pros, supreme intelligence, cons, physically disabled. <laughs> <laughs> Admittedly, that is a con. <laughs> that is a con for but a spy. <laughs> that is certainly a con. Unless you're like infiltrating a hospital. Oh god. 
Spy Kids is full of shit like that, like fucking um, Steve Buscemi going, Does God, do you think God stays in heaven because he too is scared of what he created? <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> oh, match five. <laughs> <laughs> match five. So match five. Blue stars. Michael Siori defeated Saya at eight minutes and thirty-one oh, shit, seconds it. with the biggest fucking punt kick you've ever seen. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Saya but like the Saya that was pinned was not Saya It was the dust of Saya as she got kicked into fucking she space. She looked like her bell had been wrong. Jesus Christ. She proper just picked her up by a ponytail and booted her in the face. It was horrible to watch. That was some some Arisha Hoshiki shit. Um, Which, you know, I'm always a fan of. This was definitely Sayurida's best match of the tournament. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. um, Sayurida, again, it's getting crazier. And I, I like that in a wrestler. And just going completely fucking mad on Shuri. And Shuri's like, bitch, what? Why? And kills her. And I love it. I got the impression in this match that Saya Ida was simply trying to survive Shuri in this match. <laughs> like, if I can just hang on for 20 minutes, then I'll take the fucking draw. I just, fuck, don't hurt me. It was like Spider-Man versus Randy Savage in the movie. <laughs> Freak show. I've got you for 20 minutes. Boom saw. Um, Stewie is ready. <laughs> um, Ida got a few hope spots in, but it, it's literally the Shuri show, and, which is harder to say than you think. The Shuri show? <laughs> Shuri show. Okay, you said that quite well. Well done. Um, <laughs> geez. Um Speech therapy, bitch. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed the gut buster as well that led to that horrendous-looking fucking pump kick. That's, that's such a good move. I'm surprised it's not, like, a finish. Well, I thought that was going to be the finish because I've seen her use it, but I've never seen her use it as a finish. And then I was like, I wonder what she's going to go into. I've never seen her finish anyone with a fucking pump kick before. Yeah, to be honest, what I kind of wish is that Stardom had a knockout rule. Because, like, a walk-off knockout is the coolest thing in the world. Um, okay. And, like, yeah, it would work. Honestly, it would work for certain matches, certainly. Because I, well, because I look at, because Noah does knockouts, and in the Nakajima versus Keno match from last month, that walk-off knockout basically made the match. I, yeah, okay. I mean, to be fair, no one is getting up from that punk kick, whether there's a knockout rule no or not. No one's guessing up. But like as, as weird as it sounds, and it's because I'm I am a very simple man. This match would have went up half a point in my estimation <laughs> if it was a walk off knockout. So hang on. I'm an incredibly simple man who is also incredibly annoyed incredibly easily. Do you know what? I'm not gonna rise to it. I'm not gonna rise to it. I I really enjoyed <laughs> the fact that um say um not sorry that that Siori kicked Sayurida so hard in the face that her nose came out of her neck, and then as the, after the pin, cradled her head like some kind of psycho serial killer. Um, I was like, what the fuck? Um, Tonight on a pro wrestling true crime <laughs> podcast. I gave it six. I, I enjoyed it. I, 
I gave this a seven. I well, love this. Do you know this. what? You can fuck off because you gave Konami versus Starlight Kid a high six, low seven. So bite me, it's getting a <laughs> fucking six. You really didn't like God, you're you're a real Konami stand these days. Aren't I just, you? I don't understand how you can give that a high six. Yet if there was a knockout rule, I'd give this an eight or a seven and a half. I didn't I didn't say You an gave eight. it a seven said, and then you said if there was a knockout rule I'd give it up half a point. Yeah, it was it was a low seven. Absolutely bite me, O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay, no, babe? No, fucking Do not. You need to talk. <laughs> You're going to go to bed tonight. I'm going right? to be so goes, fucking like, angry. What's, what's wrong? And it's like, what's wrong? It's like, Chris gave a match. I like the six. <laughs> My girlfriend is in bed at the moment, and I'm going to go in, turn the lamp on, and she's going to be like, what? What's going on? I need to talk to you, and I'm raging right now. Do you know Konami? And she's going to go, who? Starlight Kid. What is a Starlight Kid? And I'm going to explain it all to her. And she's going to be really annoyed, but I don't care as long as I get this anger that I've got at you, you fucking muppet. I mean, you know how I feel when I ever I talk to someone about my favourite film of all time. What is your favourite film of all time? You're going to I'm judge not going to judge you. If it's High School Musical, I'll judge you. Um, no, it's um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Volume 2? Yeah, I, I, liked, I liked the themes of family within it. I liked how complicated the relationships were. So, right, okay, but <laughs> the, vi- the okay, now, the villain <laughs> in volume two was a god, and yeah, they killed the god with a bomb. Yeah, yeah that a that that bomb. doesn't make sense. They they the god was a planet, and he was also more than a planet, but then they killed him with a bomb. That's that's like a, that's like a, a relatively big plot hole. I'm sorry, but the Avengers won by throwing a nuke into space. It it's still sli- slightly more believable than beating God with a bomb. I'm, so- I'm sorry, but if you go into sci- into sci-fi expecting perfect science, then I'm sorry, you're just not it gonna like I mean, anything let's be in the honest, genre. God's is not science. I mean, it's quite literally the opposite. Richard Dawkins would... Is it Richard Dawkins, the one who's, like, anti-religious? It is Richard Dawkins, isn't it? Do you ever think about what would happen if, like, if for some reason Richard Dawkins was... um, If I had children somehow and Richard Dawkins was reading... (laughs) (laughs) And Richard Dawkins was reading a bedtime story. Like, say he was reading Narnia. It was like, and so the lion who doesn't exist and the witch who doesn't exist... (laughs) And when it goes through, it's like, okay, so the lion. So lions do exist, but this lion doesn't exist, and they're definitely not an allegory for Jesus, who definitely, definitely didn't exist. And they go through this wardrobe, which you can't do because wardrobes are not portals, because there's no other dimensions. <laughs> Good night. Love you. Christ, I bet he's fun to watch Doctor oh, Who. I bet he is. Um, match six, then. Uh, Blue Stars, did we rate that? We did. Um, match six, Blue Stars, Micah, another shock. Um, Blue Stars, Micah defeating Jungle Kiona at 10 minutes and 2 seconds with the Enka Otoshi. I mean, two fairly big wins for Micah, defeating Momo <laughs> and Jungle, two of the favourites for the block. Jesus. Yeah, I think, we're going, I think we're going for another super rookie thing with Micah. I must admit, Chris, I, Micah's good, and, you know... Mm-hmm. Before this tournament, I was like, she, she's okay. She's, she, you know, she's 
all right in the ring. After this match, I mean, this was easily her best match for me. I mean, her best singles match, her best yeah. tag match, her best match full stop since her stardom run began. Um, and I came out of this thinking she is fucking brilliant. And I, I put that down to Jungle being so good in the ring. But, you know, Micah deserves so much credit because Micah held her own so well in this match. She went a bit crazy. She went crazy, like doing like a dragon sleeper while sitting on the turnbuckle. So Jungle was basically being hanged again. That's how you hang someone uh, <laughs> and make it look fucking good, Tora. Um, using your the chain. Bomb, the rope hangs... Like, there's, there's the most flashes of potential of Micah in this match than I've seen in any other match, apart from maybe her Utami match in the Cinderella. But there was some... Like, for example, power moves is not um, where Micah excels, and she ended the match with two power moves against Jungle. Like, that's... If she'd have stuck to the submissions and stuff like... And the... Um, distance bombs if that makes sense i'd be this would be fucking great but like the fact that she ended it with power moves and especially that finish wasn't like it looked a bit herky-jerk to it me it looked a bit untidy um yeah the suzanka which but is like, effectively just like you know sort of an stf really you know that's what she's mm-hmm. been using to finish to finish matches um you know when jungle kicking out of that absolutely fine don't have an issue with that i agree with you that the anchor Toshi was a little bit untidy. I don't know if she has... I I don't remember her using that before. I'm sure someone will I don't remember correct us in, using on Twitter it or Facebook. I'm sure someone will, but... The thing is, I don't mind untidy. If I didn't... If I didn't mind... If I wanted everything to be clean, I would never ever watch a Stan Hansen match in my life. <laughs> the most unorthodox <laughs> of men. But it, but it didn't feel like like untidy desperation it more felt like she could barely get jungle up but you can argue that is you know exhaustion i mean jungle spent a large amount of this match on top like to the point where it was a genuine shock that micah had won and that's that's pitched perfectly because that is exactly what it was supposed to do like i did not Mm. anticipate jungles on a run of six three wins on the bounce six put six points on the bounce you know, you just expect her to beat Micah and then for Micah to do it, okay, untidy finish aside, which I can certainly look past because the rest of the match was really, really good. And, you know, you can argue that that is exhaustion because Jungle gave her an, a proper working over before that closing sequence. I enjoyed the pop-up spine buster. Always enjoy a spine buster. Um, kicking out of the Zanga, don't have an issue with that. I thought the Wrestle Kingdom 12 hanging spot um, I thought that was amazing. Um, you know, call back to one of my favorite matches in New Japan, that Suzuki and Goto match. Um, you know. Oh, I just realized we're not getting. I thought we were getting back this year again, and then I realized we're in different blocks. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, of course they are. I forgot about that. All in all, though, I thought this was a really well paced match. I don't think this one needed any more time. I thought it went the exact right length. Um, Micah has proved that once she's in ring with someone who, you know, you know, an in ring sort of general, if you will, then she's going to have great matches. She had a great match against Momo. She's had a great match against Jungle. You know, those are the people that you need to be in ring with to improve. And Mike is another one who's really, really improved as this has gone on. Um, I'm sure you've given it like a three because I don't know who fucked you <sighs> off this morning, but you're a grumpy twat. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've not been grumpy throughout this. You're more grumpy um, than I am. I gave it eight. It's my easily, easily Micah's best match of the run. Um, and to be honest, it's one of Jungles as well. So I gave it uh, eight. Yeah, I'm giving it a high, uh, um, like a low eight, high seven. It was really, really good. Um, like those little things that irked me, I can totally see how like they can be shrugged off as something else. Yeah. But like in the moment, they still irked me, and I could rewatch it to gain a different perspective. But you know, the G one starting this weekend, so you know, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we fucking agree on something, you bell piece. Um... <laughs> we've agreed on most things. We've like we've <laughs> we've didn't even, we didn't even dramatically disagree. Like a, a seven, you gave it a eight. It's one thing apart, and you're so annoyed about it. You know what's like? It's like when I showed Garth my um, line chart for Star Wars movies in terms of how much I enjoyed them, and he saw what I rated Last Jedi, and he was like, "Well, you're wrong." I'm like, "Well, we're different people," and he's like, "Well, you're still wrong," and I'm like, "But we're different people." But it hurt my childhood. We had different childhoods. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna lie; he's a scary motherfucker. I just agree with him. Um, oh Who, yeah. Garth? Yeah, but I, I was so I was so relieved when he um, enjoyed the birthday card. I Did you send him a birthday card? WhatsApp. It was a virtual one of a uh, WhatsApp. I made him gasp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, the the picture of him and Goldberg. Him, him and, and Brett, Brett. As, as Goldberg. That's the one. Garthberg. <laughs> um. So, moving on, semi-main event then. So, match seven, Red Stars block action. Mayu Iwatani defeated the previously unbeaten leader of Red Stars, Himika, at eight minutes and ten seconds with the Dragon Suplex. Now, um, Chris, I'm going to go first on this one, just because I want to see if my... The way I feel about this match is similar to how you feel. Um... Overall thought this was great. Himika comparing Mayu to a zombie uh, proves that she's got no idea who Mayu is. And I think she's thinking of Death Yamasan. And if she's getting Mayu and Death Yamasan mixed up, I can sort of see that. They do look very similar. Um, I thought this match was building to be really, really, really good. Himika work in the back, ready for the Argentine backbreaker. We had a motherfucking rainmaker from absolutely nowhere, which was great. Oh, that, that scared the shit up, because I, I didn't realise my door was open, because when I was younger, my brother broke my door, so now I can't open my window without my door swinging open. And um, Rainmaker happened, and like, as most marks do, I was like, Rainmaker! <laughs> and he was, he just walked in, I was like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, you, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> um, there was an Argentine backbreaker into like a Almost a burning hammer inverted falcon arrow. It was like a cycle driver. Which looked incredible. Mayu kicked out of that. It was shaping up to be a really, really, really good match. And then the closing sequence started. And that was it. (laughs) Like, I felt like, you know, when you, you know, when you record porn off the TV. And someone's taped over the end and you're just getting into it. And then, you know, like adverts come on for the yellow pages or something like that. It's just, I felt like someone had taped over the end of the match. You know, I'd missed like a 30, 40 second because we'd gone from Himika being on top, you know, Rainmaker, 
you know, this amazing psycho I... <laughs> driver into, you know, a German suplex, a dragon suplex, and that was it. And Himika, this okay, big monster. Opponent. Just it seemed it seemed for someone who's gone the entire tournament unbeaten, it seemed a very, very tame way to end. Now, I'm not saying this match is bad. I still really enjoy this match because Mayu's great and Himika considering this, you know, is her first real run of singles matches in stardom, is also great. I just thought we were a little bit shortchanged in that closing sequence, and I felt like it should have taken more to put down this giant who you've built up for six matches or five matches or whatever she's had at this point. This will be a six, so five matches before this. It should have taken a little bit more. First of all, you compare you you mentioning Pond just fucked me up when he started doing move names because I was like, <laughs> wait, so these wrestling moves are sexual positions. To be fair, what's I don't know here? why I said porn. Who's taped porn off the TV? I've never taped porn off the TV. I was about to say, aren't you a bit young for that? <laughs> it could have been anything. I don't know also, why porn off the TV. Off the TV, you're great. <laughs> well, yeah, true. True. It, it could have been anything. It could have been football. Going... It could have been anything. But no, porn was the first thing. Your, your dad goes to watch the... The I first know. series of Midsummer Murders and then suddenly you've got someone being yeah, shagged over the top of a printer. You, yeah, like you're at your nan's and she's like, ooh, Antiques Roadshow last night. <laughs> I missed it because I got on Earth night. TV? Why were you taping porn off of anyone's That's TV? Well, you raise a good point. Um, but <laughs> and then there's the horrible like, moment where you've got to try and rewind it as well so everyone's doing porn backwards quickly with so jerkily no, ignore that last word it would be intermission <laughs> would be intermission music happening behind it <laughs> elevator music oh this fucking review's fallen off the fucking rails Jesus Christ it's hard Okay, so this match, <laughs> I really liked it. Very simple, very <laughs> simple story. I'm going to try and not name word, um, move name because otherwise I'm just going to burst into okay. laughter again. Um, very simple story. Basically, Mayu is smart um, for most of it. Mayu is smarter, but can't pick Himika up. And Himika is a big dumb brute, but can't, uh, but can pick Mayu up. It's basically like in Smash Brothers when I play as Bowser and my friend plays as Link. Okay. And I can finish him easier, but he gets that chip damage in, and it can lead to troubles down the line, which it did for Himika, because you know she's Bowser in this situation. Um... I agree with you. I agree with that situation. I agree with the entire dynamic, and you know I agree with. It was great until the end. It's not that. It's not I... that. What I'm saying is, Mayu is yeah, absolutely the cleverer competitor. Absolutely fine with that. Himika, you know, as you put it, big dumb brute. I think, I don't think, I think she's in the context context of this, fine. Yeah, in the context of this, fine. Do you think that over the course of the match, Mayu did enough to grind down Himika? Because the whole thing of Link and Bowser, if you want to use that as your basis for this, Link has got to do a lot to break down Bowser before he finishes him. I don't think Mayu did enough damage to Himika to then finish her off with two suplexes. I think in the con because 
it, it's something we used to kayfabe back in the day because the only way we could explain the great Carly. Uh-huh. Um, where like, oh, if, if a big person leaves their feet, they get so stunned that they lose. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I so, and I've sort of I've never let go of that mentality. So like, this ending didn't bother me as much as it bothered you. I really, but I do agree it was. I feel like it needed a third suplex. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. It just needed something else. That's all. It just I don't feel like like maybe if she did maybe she did number two suplexes and then went for a moonsault. That'd have been perfect. I just feel like after all the building you've done of Himika, you know, you had junk. For example, take the Jungle Micah match. You know, Micah had built up the Sazanka in previous matches by finishing people off with it. Jungle then kicks out of it, makes Jungle look strong in defeat. I think if you've got someone who's top of the block, you know, having been unbeaten, I think she deserves to kick out of something. And I just, I don't feel in that close... There wasn't a closing stretch. It was just... It was just a closing stir. (laughs) It it just, in that closing... Like I said, if there was what 30 40 more seconds did i say before this would have been a this yeah. would have been brilliant i just i feel like i was robbed of something that's what it, it might seem really picky and i'm sure other people will disagree and i know you don't feel as strongly as me about it i just feel like it was very much oh shit okay himika's lost a first a first match of the tournament that seems underwhelming because i, I sort of guessed from the way the block was panning out that may would be the one to beat uh, to beat himika because of the placement in the um, the timings and things. I just expected it to take more to beat Himika, especially as you look at who Himika has beaten. So, I don't know. I, d- I gave it seven. You know, it was a good match, but I just wanted more of it. I wanted I wanted more. I gave it seven. I do agree it needed a bit more. It needed that little something. It was like a pot noodle, which is nice, but, you know, we dump up a little packet of soy sauce in there. It's not quite as nice. I feel like that's the wrong way round. <laughs> what do you do? You eat soy sauce, you monster? Not on its own. I'm not a fucking savage. Exactly. That's a so my analogy no, no, works. No, that wasn't what you said. It was if you add the soy sauce to your pot noodle is what you said. I said if you, but I said if you don't add it, it's not as good. That's no, what I that's said. not what you said. That is I'm what sure I said. that's not what you said. I'm sure you said. But do you know what? It doesn't fucking matter. It's a pot noodle anyway. So that's Himika's, What's your favorite that's Himika's first defeat, which means that Mayu is no, the tiebreaker. Um, because Konami has beaten Mayu. Be- Before we move on, what's your favourite pot noodle? Um, well, first of all, you first of all, funny story. Um, I took my girlfriend to Barcelona. Um, it was our first time away on our own to a foreign country. And I was basically being Billy Big Bollocks. And took her away somewhere romantic. I thought, you know, look at me, look at me. Um, and it turns out Barcelona, for those who've been, I'm sure, I sure know, um, it is the most fucking expensive place on the fucking planet. Um, <laughs> and we went for... Have you ever been to Edinburgh? <laughs> we went for four days and um, on the... Th- no, we went for five days and on the fourth night... Um, we sat in the hotel room with two 40 cents budget pot noodles that we'd bought from a corner shop, eating them because we'd run out of money, only to then be told on the 
last day that we got to pay a city tax for visiting their city. That what? There's a couple <laughs> of like there's I know Barcelona does that. I think Rome do that as well. But it if basically it, it's a you visited our town, you, you visited our city, you're going to fucking pay for it. The problem was that while we were going around Barcelona, we didn't know there was a public um like a public transport system. We had to go we thought we had to go everywhere by taxi. So of course that fucking that adds up. Um and on the last day we found out there is an underground station that connects everywhere in Barcelona. It costs you a euro. I was absolutely oh. livid. Did he not Google this before? Mate, it was going? in Spanish. <laughs> I don't read Spanish. There will be an English Google Translate. I mean, to be fair, it was 2000 and what was it? 2013, 2000, no, 2013, 2014. Um, so I was only like 23. So you, you can't, no, you can't offend was... yourself at 23. Uh I was only around oh, six. Fuck off. Um, so, in answer to <laughs> question, my favourite pot noodle is a Spanish Depression, which I think is probably the flavour of pot noodle I was eating in Barcelona. Uh, I am partial. Well, there's two. There is the partial one that's sometimes on offer in Asda, and it's like um, Hussein Duck, and I like that. Sometimes Katsu Curry, lovely. But if I'm going traditional normal pot noodle, either beef and tomato, because yum, or um, mushroom and chicken, because traditional. Again, for those who are listening from outside of the UK, pot noodle are basically um, like you, they're horrible, crispy noodles in a pot that you pour hot boiling water onto, and they taste like oh, no, absolute I shit. I literally only ever eat them when I'm too depressed to cook anything else. <laughs> they are. They're literally the best hungover food. Oh, no, the best hangover food I'm, is... A Macca's breakfast. I, well, yeah. Um, once, but once I, It's the worst hangover I've ever had, and the worst part is I didn't even get to go to sleep first. <laughs> um, I, went, I went out with my friend to my other friend's gig, and then um, we just spent the night at Edinburgh. Went back to his flat. Looked at um, class was at nine. Looked at my um, look at my phone. It was like seven. It takes about an hour and a half to get from that side of Edinburgh to college. So I was like, "Fuck my life, I guess. I'm just gonna go straight in and get my breakfast and bear the day." Um, and it so it was lovely. It was like um, haggis and bacon and tatty scone with brown sauce, and it was lovely. Are you just stringing together all the most Scottish words <laughs> in the world so that none of us have got a fucking clue what you're on about? What is a tatty scone? Um, potato scone. Right, so for a start, it's potato scone. And secondly, <laughs> is that just like a flat piece of potato? Kind of, but okay, not really. Okay, and I want you to explain... To our... Oh, there was also square sausage on it. There was also square sausage okay, on fair. it. Yeah, that does sound nice, to be fair. Um, I would like you to explain to everybody else what the fuck haggis is. Oh, it's it's wonderfulness. It's sheep's stomach lining. I mean, like, yeah, you want to get technical about at it. At no point has anyone looked but at anyway... a sheep and gone, do you know what the tastier bit of that is? The stomach. But um, I got so I got in like, and I remember I texted my who was it? 
It doesn't really matter who attacks it. <laughs> I don't know who going, your friends are. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, um, ha, see? D- don't go to bed. No, no hangover. I found the solution, and then I died for the rest well, of the day. Well, that's like the age-old question. Uh, if you don't go to sleep, do you still get morning breath? Um, I, I didn't risk it. I, I didn't have my toothbrush, but like I ate so much gum <laughs> that day until I could go, until I could brush my teeth. Packs of chewing gum. Um, yeah, like so many packs of chewing gum. Anyway, I got in. I was eating it. I was a bit. I, I was just about to die because earlier I'd went into a subway and I was like, I can't take this. I'm just gonna go into a subway. And the guy in front of me had like mayonnaise on it, and I'm not the biggest mayonnaise fan. I was like, any chance you can clean the mayonnaise off? He put the knife underneath his armpit to clean it i'm like right <laughs> and he was like well, why are you leaving and he legitimately asked he's like why am i leaving and i was like eh. <laughs> i did not have the energy to talk more from the food i wanted anyway i got in eating it we'll get back to stardom in a second um i was eating this um roll and this guy walks in it's the biggest smith's fan you've ever seen like he's a proper morrissey stan and he walked in i went oh come on man meet his murder i'm like i will fucking murder you <laughs> I am not in the mood for this bullshit right now. Anyway, anyway, let's move on. Well, match, oh, main event. Main match event eight: Blue Stars action and Momo versus Utami went to a time limit draw, going the full twenty minute time limit. This had the potential to be a ten out of ten. This should it really have been a 10 out of 10. And I'm not going to lie, Chris, and, you know, we seem to be repeating quite a few things on this podcast. This is another match that really didn't benefit from the time limit having been increased five minutes. It just, yes. there was no sort of urgency, especially for the first, the first 10 minutes was slightly dull. I drew story from it, which I think helped my enjoyment more than it helped I still, yours. I still I'll, enjoyed I'll the match. I still enjoyed the match, and I do understand, you know, the one-upmanship, you know, the team, sort of them knowing each other and things like that. I do understand that. And Momo sees Utami sometimes as a challenge to her authority in Queen's Quest. That's fine. Do understand that. It just, I don't know whether it was an issue with pacing or whether it was an issue with, I don't know. There was just bits of this match where stuff seemed to happen in slow motion. And, you know, even though the stuff that hit was great, you know, the stuff that happened was amazing. I mean, the entire closing sequence was fucking great. Utami getting out of the peach sunrise and then just turning it into a lariat in the last second was just, oh, mwah, amazing. And there was some great bits, but it just it didn't seem to quite all link up to be the outstanding match I wanted it to be. And I think, ultimately, I was just a little bit disappointed it wasn't the, you know, the instant 10 out of 10 I was assuming it was going to be. It was still a great match, and I still... I will probably go back and watch it again. But it just it wasn't quite the banger that I wanted to end on. And I think that's what sort of disappointed me a little bit. Still a good match though. 
this match reminded me of two matches from early in the year. It, um, Ayato Shida versus Naonomura from All Japan. And then from Pro Wrestling Noah, it reminded me of um, Suzuki versus Nakajima. Just in the way it escalated. Like, it's, this started as sort of like a spa between stablemates. Yeah. Like that technical exchange at the start. And then it steadily got more intense and more intense and more intense the closer we got to the time limit. Like, you saw that German into the corner happened. Like, I, I like that. I think both matches have a ceiling because at a certain point it's obvious that it's going to a draw. I think as soon as like um, there's more emphasis put on the time limit, it's sort of obvious it's going to a draw. But by God, I I still really enjoyed it. I gave this the same score I gave both two to give a spoiler. But yeah, it's I really liked it. I really liked how both women got were visibly more desperate. The, deeper into this match we got because they'll be damned if they're going to lose to each other because while they might be friends they're not they're prideful at the end of the day and just for bomb throwing i just love a good bomb fest and those knees by uh, momo near the end jesus there was a moment there was a very very clear moment where momo sort of clicked into right i need to fucking connect with some of these now <laughs> I don't know. I just and I, I know. I think I I think it worked more than it. I didn't I knew this match would be good, but I sort of know the sort of limitations the five star puts on people and the kind of match people wrestle in the five star. So I didn't go in thinking this match would live up to the full potential of the matchup. I know. And I think I had sort of kidded myself, not necessarily kidding myself, but I think I'd sort of built up my expectations when I saw what the main event was and when I realized what what, what they were main eventing that night with. I just, they're going to give it time. It's going to be an absolute bang. You've got Momo, whose strikes are just incredible. You've got Utami, this amazing powerhouse. You know, they're stable mates. They're you know, we've seen that they've got incredible chemistry. You know, there was little flashbacks to, I saw on Twitter and I can't remember who said it and I'm really, really sorry. I'm sure, please tell me it was you, if it was you, um, who mentioned the fact that they were wearing the masks they wore when they won the Goddess of Stardom titles. You know, there was, they've got chemistry. And I just, I don't know. I, I think I'd built it up in my head too much as being a belter. And then I watched it and I agree the build-up was great. The escalation was great. It just took too much time to get there. The first five minutes, okay. And then maybe the last, what, six? If we'd put them together without, like, the middle bit of sort of nothingness, it would have been an easy nine, pushing a ten. But there was just, there was, there was just moments where I felt like we were sort of playing for time. And it's the issue that we've had with the other 20-minute time limit draw in this tournament. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too picky. It was still a good match, and I will repeat that. I'm not being negative about the match. It was a very, very good match. I just feel like there was more to be had. I, whereas I was a bit surprised that Himika versus Saya went to a time limit draw, this was the perfect match to go to a time limit draw. I just think they suffered with it being 20 minutes. I think it was a bit too long. I, I do also, because when you think about it, Saya made events normally go about 18. 
Yeah. It's a, it's a long time, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, like we were um, sort of blown away that Tam and Julia went 28. And when you think about it, that's what most G1 uh, main events go to. Oh, pardon me. So, like, in ter- like it's another thing is out of their comfort zone. We both, I'm pretty sure we both went 20 minutes in the past. But at the same time, yeah, this was another sort of victim of the 20 minute time limit. But I, I, I did enjoy it more. I didn't mind the middle. Nothing overly standout happened in the middle. It was more just steady escalation. But, you know, that that bridge is necessary for the escalation. So I'm completely fine with it, especially when it went to the outside. Um, I'm not, I, again, I didn't have the preconceived notions that you did. So it hurt the match less for me. I still feel we're going to give it a similar score. But I, I really, I did really enjoy it. It's probably, I'm trying to think what beat it. Um, Jungle versus Utami beat it, and so did Starlight versus Mayu. But this is probably my third favorite of the tournament. I think Konami versus Mayu beat it as well. Um, I, that, this is sort of on equal pegging to that for me. It's that the Konami Mayu match and the Himika um, Sai match. They're sort of joint third right now fair for enough, me. Fair enough. So did you give it eight as well? I gave it high eight, yeah, nine, I gave yeah. it eight. So we're not too far away from each other. Um, it was just, like I said, I think I did my own self down by assuming it was going to be an instant classic. I've done that. I've definitely done that. Before. Yeah, I think every wrestling fan I has did, done that can before. You not yeah, I, I've done it so much. Like earlier this year, I did that with Jake Lee versus Mia Hara. And stop <laughs> it. It's the sound of the Mia Hara yeah, alarm. But- because like, they had, what, three matches last year and we were all amazing. And then this one was just sort of really, really good, but not didn't yeah. blow me away. That, I think that's actually every New Japan has done that with a Naito versus Okada match <laughs> at some point. I don't know. It doesn't matter. We can, we can move past it. We've given it a good score. I just wanted it to be slightly better. So, I know that there has been... One more night at Fukuoka, and obviously that was the 13th. I know that at the, I think the rest of the show has been uploaded as of today, uh, but we wanted to get this review out to you as soon as possible. Um, we will do, as I stated before, the 13th and the final together in one show as soon as the final has been uploaded in its entirety. Again, our schedule sort of uh, sort of depends on when Stardom will decide to upload things. Um. I just want to run through the blocks as they stand, or as they stood, should I say, after the 12th of September. So in red block, leading the block with nine points is Himika, Konami with eight, Julia, Tam, and Mayu all follow with six, Saya uh, on three, Saya Kamatani on three, Starlight Kid on two, and Death Yamasan on two. So at the moment, realistically in with a chance of making the final are Himika, Julia, and Tam. Uh, the reason Mayu has got um, Sayaka Matani left and she's got Tam Nakano left. You imagine the winner of Tam and Mayu will be challenging for that sort of spot. I'm, I'm, I'm looking through my... Just to sort of work out who the tiebreakers are. And I think it's Konami and Himika. 
at this point because Konami has wins over Tam and Mayu. And Mayu. And, and, and Julie. So she has she has wins over all of the competition apart mm-hmm. from Himika. The so, only one that Himika hasn't beaten is Mayu. Is, yeah, and Saya. Yeah, but I don't think Saya is going to be a tiebreaker. It'll be Mayu's the tiebreaker, um, I imagine. Well, Saya well, well, beat Tam. Like, spoilers are spoilers. So, like, the block is kind of wide open, but really I think it's down to him. I think it's Konami's to lose I at this point. I think I would be very, very surprised if Konami doesn't win the block. Yeah, but again, like, it's Stardom. They're much more random with their booking than... Like, in terms of booking, it sometimes feels like they do it seemingly at random in, like, a good way. There you go. Death Yamasan to win Red Block. You heard it here first. Um... Right, I predict I predicted that all the way back in January. You did, <laughs> and that made me sad. Blue stars, um, it seems to be at the moment, Utami's to lose. Uh, Blue stars, Utami with nine, followed by Micah, Suri, and Jungle, all with six. Momo with five, Tora with four, Azumi with four, and then Saeeda on zero points so at the who does utami so at have the left? moment utami has Micah left and siori they're too they're too massive robots. i believe let me just double check because i've said that and then i instantly doubted myself so blue block utami has got um yeah siori and Micah left um, Shiori beat Jungle, didn't she? And so did Utami. Yep, Jungle's only match left is Momo. Momo has so, got Jungle and Saeeda left. So if I've got my math right, Utami has to lose and then Jungle has to beat Momo for the timebreaker. Yeah. If Momo beats Jungle and beats Saeeda... Assuming Utami loses against both Suri and Micah. No, she still can't go through. So I am, I mean, barring some sort of miracle, I think Momo's out. No, but I'm thinking for Jungle oh, sorry. to go through. With Jungle. So, so, so Jungle has jungle to beat has Momo. Jungle has to beat Momo. And, and then in terms well, of she can't Utami go through. losing, Jungle she... can't go through. What at all? Yeah, Utami's on nine. Jungle's only got one match left. Oh. Oh, oh, Bala. I think, anyway. Oh, that's a um, shame. Yeah, she's at the final day, Momo. <laughs> so Jungle can play spoiler to Momo, but I don't think Momo can go through. So it's essentially Utami. It's going to be either, you, you imagine it's going to be Utami or Suri. I'd be amazed. I don't think it's going to be Shiri just on the back of she has that title shot. Uh, uh, anyway, so we're not going to waste a five-star victory on someone who already has the title it shot. It does surprise me that they've basically eliminated the entire of Blue Block. Am I missing something? Yeah. I. We might be. We should have... No, 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 it's fine. Hard. We'll do it we'll now. Do... I mean... <laughs> like, Utami is on nine, and she has got Shuri and Micah left. Jungle so, cannot go okay, through. So... She's on six points, and she's only got Momo left. Momo okay. has got to beat Jungle 
and Saeeda. But even if she beats both of those, she's only on nine. Now, Utami has only a... got Micah and Suri left. Now, even if... Oh, uh, Momo will have the tiebreaker with Shiri, though. So, if Suri beats Utami... No, because Utami is going to beat one of Micah or Suri. Yeah, so it's essentially no, down wait, to Momo wait, and... wait, Now, if... <laughs> because Micah, who has Micah got left now? Micah has got two matches on the 19th. Micah has got both Azumi and Suri. So, there is still a chance... On tiebreakers. So, so essentially, essentially Micah, Utami, and Momo are your yeah. contenders so right now. So if Micah beats Utami, okay, that brings Micah up to eight. Okay, then Zumi, she's got Azumi and Suri on the final night. If Suri beats Utami as well, that puts her to eight. Utami is still on nine. If Momo then beats Jungle and Saeeda. That puts her up to nine, and she will have the tiebreak victory over Suri. So she will go through over Utami. Math is fun, isn't it? Jungle <laughs> is out, though. Jungle can't go through because ah. she's on six points. She's only got one match left. However, she can spoil it if she beats Momo. I am. So the only people logistically that can go through are Utami, Micah, is Momo, Shuri, Micah. and yeah, and Momo. Still, like to be honest, when you look at it, just in terms of like going through, because now every result matters, like massively, which is exciting. Where's where's you think about it going into the G one? Um, the final few matches last year in B block, the only people who could win were Naito and White. Yeah, because Mayu now, Mayu's on six. She's got two matches left. She's got Sayakamatani. So if she wins that, that takes her to eight. If she beats Tam, that takes her to ten. And then she does, because um, she beats Saya and not... So assuming Himika can't get over the loss to... So Himika's last match on the block final, or the final day, should I say, is against Konami. Which is a Konami's final matches are death. Which is a win. Well, we don't know that. And Himika. So Konami, if she wins both, she's won, she's through. Nobody can catch her. If death manages to pull off the surprise of a lifetime... Konami has to beat Himika. If she beats Himika, Himika. she will go through. I think she's the exact type who could beat Himika, though, because Himika doesn't exactly have good submission defense. I'd be very surprised if Konami doesn't beat Himika. Because even if Mayu then beats Tam and beats Saeeda, Konami will still go through on the tiebreaker. Yes. You say that, but we were very surprised that Konami's the best thing oh, about the season. really is. She's great. To be honest, though, like <laughs> no one's that. been disappointing. No one. Um. Well, I was going to say Death, but I might really disappoint. I was just going to say Death has done what Death does, and she had you know, an I'm absolute a, fucking I'm a, banger against Mayu. So, I 
I am actually disappointed in Tora because I keep expecting more from her. But yeah, it no, never comes. I agree. Actually, Tora, she's so good in ring. Thankfully, she can't go through either because she's only got two matches left, and she can only get to a maximum of eight points. So, <laughs> if she if she was smart, she might have been able to go through. But you know, yeah, she isn't. Chains <laughs> keep us together. Um, absolute tune that Fleetwood Mac. Anyway, um, let's stop it there, Chris. So obviously we've got two nights left of the five star, and I know that as some of you are listening, you will already know the results to the thirteenth of September show in Fukuoka. So most of this is completely irrelevant. But we've tried to avoid any sort of spoilers for results. So fingers crossed, um, you know, we get some surprises um, when it comes to block final day and block finals on the 19th. Again, we'll be back whenever the final is uploaded in full. In the meantime, thank you for listening. Please go subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Subscribe. Give us a five-star review and a comment. Really, really does help the podcast out. Um, Go and check out the website, www.podmania.co.uk, where you can check out all of our archived podcast episodes, as well as all of our match ratings. Um, You can talk to us on Twitter at at the StardomCast. Join the Facebook group, Podmania Podcasts. Um, All the episodes are on YouTube as well. Uh, Go and check out The Real Podmania for that. Um, I am at Real Rob Goodwin on Twitter. Chris, where are you? At Real Donald Trump. Uh, <laughs> and we will be with you again soon. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.